0: Welcome to the My Chains Are Gone podcast, a place where people are sharing their stories of how God has brought them life and freedom through Jesus. Benga is from Nigeria and currently a grad student at Missouri. In his early life, Benga was taught a lot about the Bible by his family and church. But the faith did not enter him through osmosis. When he came to America and heard arguments against the existence of God, he rejected him. Fortunately, God did not reject Benga. Listen and hear the people and circumstances God used to help Benga see that he was real and loved him. Talk about chills. My arms were covered with goosebumps. Then hear Benga share how God is working in his heart now as he looks towards the future. I hope
1: you enjoy his story.
0: Menga, thank you so much for joining me on the My Chains Are Gone podcast.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah. So tell me a little bit about how you grew up. You are not from America, right?
1: No. Um, So I actually grew up in northeastern Nigeria, a place called Borno. Um, Grew up in a Christian family, a Christian home. Um, My parents and I and my siblings went to a Baptist church growing up. Um, Always went to church with my parents. Um, In Nigeria, you're typically either a Muslim or a Christian. Um, The nation is split pretty evenly. Um, The South is dominated by Christianity and the North is dominated by Islam. So growing up, I grew up mostly around Muslims and for me, it was just, okay, we go to church, my family goes to church, so I'm a Christian. My home was more on the sort of, not traditional, but leaning more towards the moral sort of view of religion. Um, more so, I think my, my dad um, just like, you know, do what's right. Um, God teaches us to do what's right. Um, to treat our neighbor fairly, kindly in a way that's just, which, you know, these are all Christian ethics or Mm -hmm. um, whatever you want to call it. My mom was more the, oh no, like you need to really devote yourself to God and prayer and like spiritual disciplines. And so my mom, I remember growing up, would always pray every night. I lived in my parents' room for a while, so uh, longer than I should have. But yeah, my mom would always pray at night, um, and so she was really um, devout and and firm in her faith.
0: And so, do you remember, as um, as a kid or even as a preteen, what your thoughts your thoughts were about mm-hmm. God?
1: So I've. I've always, I know there was a phase in my life where I tried to imagine God, and he was this big genie-looking guy that was green. Um, I I have that, you know, burned in my mind, like the first time I tried to imagine what God looked like. But I've always thought of God as someone who um, I was guilty against. I, you know, I'd sinned against him. Obviously, at that point, I didn't really think... Like that, but I, I, I had this thought because I grew up in church that I was going to hell because I'm, I'm a bad person. but my mother's prayer, you know those night those nightly prayers would like cover me like I was good because my mom always prayed for us. so I always thought that eh, if it came down to it like God wouldn't let me go to hell because I'm not terrible though I sin. Um, but my mom always prays for us. So, you know.
0: So at that point, you were What's kind eating? of banking on.
1: So I was, kind of yeah, I was putting my trust, my hope in my mom's prayers. And in, um, so, okay. Growing up, I had this um, neighbor. He was a Muslim. And we'd always play, to- play together. And sometimes we'd talk about <laughs> religion as little kids. And he'd always say that, you know before he dies he's going to say this prayer to like that God would forgive him of all his sins and so like right then, right before dying, he'd like repent of everything. I don't know if that's a Muslim belief or if that was just something he thought. So I adopted that and I always thought, Well, if I if I'm whenever death comes and I'm about to die, I'm gonna be like, God, I'm so sorry, like forgive me and that's it, you know, I'll just pass on to heaven. And mm-hmm. that's going to be the end. No, right. Thumbs up. So, yeah, those were sort of the way I thought, the ways in which I thought about God back mm-hmm. when I was a kid.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, was the Bible very influential in your all's church or in your home?
1: Um, okay. Uh, to be honest, well, for church, I never really paid attention Right. in church, so I can't really say much. I can't say yes or no. Okay. I think I can say yes because I I learned a lot about the Bible Okay. from church. Um, lots of stories going to something we called um, Sunbeam, a Sunday school for little kids. Okay. And, um, oh yeah, I, I was in something called um, Royal Ambassadors, which is like a Boy Scout type thing. In the- Baptist world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd have to memorize scripture. So I, yeah, the Bible was a part um, of our uh, church. Like the Bible was taught, preached out of. Um, in the home, we'd always have um, morning uh, devotional time mm-hmm. um, with the family. Um, that was mostly led by my mom. She'd have these little booklets that had like Short passage and then a discussion on the passage, and then we'd get together, talk about it, and then pray. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sort of we'd talk about the Bible, and then after that, we'd move to this sort of very moralistic type of discussion where our parents are urging us to be good people, not follow this path, because life was. Study hard, work hard, and you get a good job, and you know, you'd be a nice person, a good person. Because um, we had like some members of our extended family who um, weren't good examples for us to follow. So, our parents would always point that out and be like, see where this led to, mm-hmm. or see what, how this person has ended up. We grew up together, and this is, these are some of the patterns we saw in their lives. So, My parents always kind of pushed us toward, like, a moral kind of good, get a good job, do this, that, that, that. Okay. And that's... So, that's kind of what life was for me, was doing good and being successful.
0: Yeah. Um, So, about... Tell me about the circumstances around uh, when your faith started to become important to you.
1: Yeah. um, So, actually... Growing up, um, you know, assumed I was a Christian, um, came to the U.S. um, I think I was exposed to a lot of arguments against Christianity, and there wasn't any real foundation. Um, I mean, I don't think there was any true faith back then. And so I just saw those different things, thought about them and just dismissed Christianity. Um, I remember talking to my brother once saying, hey, I don't really think I believe in God. And he was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And I was like, now I I look back and I'm like, huh, that's, you know, interesting. Um, But yeah, so I had this phase where I was, I thought my family was silly for believing God. I thought everyone else was silly for believing in God. Because I couldn't reconcile these sort of realities, you know, presented to me by the world, you Mm -hmm. know, um, with science and, um, you know, like just um, stuff with like the age of the earth and how that disproves the Bible. Like things that, you know, now I look at them like anyone who has true faith wouldn't have given up that easily to just be like oh evolution boom bible is false you know can't Mm -hmm. believe that anymore um so you know i was like ah and i felt this weird sense of freedom to just not care about doing whatever i want you know so i kind of just would um you know i didn't like cuss or anything you know stuff like that that's silly you just felt like you had the freedom to do the sin you want so bad you're like ah now i can do whatever i want um
0: okay so so you came to america started to doubt your parents belief yeah um how long did that persist
1: i think that um persisted for about a year okay um so when I first came to the U.S., I went to a smaller school. Um, my parents wanted me to sort of adjust and not go to a big school and be overwhelmed. Um, so when I transitioned to Mizzou, um, I had zero friends. Um, I didn't really care to talk to anybody. I just go to class and, you know, go back home. Then after a while, I met this, um, this guy from class. It's a funny story because the guy was in class, he was really smart, and I was struggling in that class, and um, he was always asking really good questions. You could tell he was a bright um, person. And I was working at a dining hall, and I'd always see him come in there and eat. And I just, I would feel very terrible, you know, because it's like, oh my gosh, this guy is so smart, and I hate him, and now I'm serving him food. Um, But we had a test one week and I approached him and I said, hey, you're in this digital logics class. And he's like, yeah. I was like, "Um, can you help me out with this um, problem? He's like, yeah, sure. So we sat down for like 30 or 40 minutes in the dining hall after my shift. And he explained pretty much everything um, that we'd covered in that class in a very short period of time in a way that made good sense to me. And so I was like, oh, yeah, let's be friends. And, you know, we started hanging out after that. And he invited me to this party. Um, There's a Halloween party. And he said it's hosted by Chi Alpha. And I was like, Chi Alpha, that sounds like a frat. So I was super interested. I was like, a fraternity, like that's a fun place. There'll be alcohol. All these different things that my mind, my heart wanted. So I was like, yeah, I'll go. And then um, so I went to the party everyone there was, like, super genuine and weird. And, you know, it was a—Kai Alpha is a Christian group. It's a campus ministry. And um, so, yeah, people there got my my contact information, um, started reaching out to me, um, trying to get me to come to events and um, services and whatnot. But I also was very familiar with, like, Christian lingo, so they'd talk to me and they'd say, are you a Christian? I'm like, yeah. And you know, I'd have all these different things to say about Christianity. Um, but I always would avoid going to their services, their church gatherings. Um, but one day, um, a guy, Nick, um, he texted me. So they actually have two services, one at 7 p.m., one at 9 p.m. He says, hey, we're having a service at 7. Do you want to come? I was like, oh, man, I can't come. I have something at 7. If it were later, I'd come, not knowing that they had two. And he was like, yeah, there's one at 9. I was like, oh, man, really? And then, you know, at that point, I couldn't avoid. So I went. And you know, once I got there, it was just this very, in a way, It felt familiar, but I felt removed from it like a foreigner. Um, But it was familiar. It was um, sort of attractive. Um, So I just uh, went in, you know, sat down, went through the motions, everything, um, and like the sermon and everything. And towards the end of that, I started sort of thinking about... God, and about how I'm sitting here, and it really feels like God is real, and it really feels like I'm not, you know, living um, as though He was real, and in in a way, it was um, like, I felt very guilty, very, very guilty, and I wanted to leave, and I hated that, because it was like, okay... For the past year, couple months, you've lived as though God was not real. You've ignored that. And now it seems like God is real, like very real. And you can either say, okay, God's real, cool, and continue. Or you could say, God's real and I really should yield my life to Him. And, you know, it made sense to me then to really turn around because I couldn't escape that reality that God is there, Mm -hmm. you know, and God is real. Um, So, you know, there was like response time. Um, This guy, his name is Cy, he came up (laughs) to me and he said, hey, man, um, can I pray for you? I was like, oh, no, I'm good. I know how to pray, you know, Um, because I was like feeling really upset. Um, didn't really want to do anything. I just wanted to leave. Um, But Sai wouldn't leave. So he stood right next to me, and I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is so weird. Why wouldn't he leave me? Um, Then he was like, hey, I'm sorry to bother you again. I know you said that um, you didn't want prayer, but I really, really feel like God um, is saying to you, that or God has something to say to you um, and you know exactly what it is and he needs you to respond and you know uh, like you can either say yes or no and that's it like this is the moment and I was like oh my gosh like I wanted so much to say you're lying there's God doesn't do there's nothing but I couldn't deny that so mm-hmm. I started crying because <laughs> it's like what else do I do because I'm Struggling with this feeling of just guilt and realizing that God is real. Um, And this guy, and I was trying to escape, you know, and leave. And this guy comes in and tells me, no, God is actually doing something here and Mm. he needs you to respond. So, like, in a way, like, I feel like, you know, now that I think back, it seems like God was ensuring. That I didn't leave there without thinking, I need to turn my life around. I need to live as though God was real and God was worth following. And so that was sort of the turning point for my life. I then went from someone who hated Kai Alpha and the people texting me to actually being interested in going to a Bible study, um, getting involved there. Wow.
0: Yeah. I got chills from that.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> I did.
0: When you talked about the sigh. Yeah, When sorry. you talked about sigh saying that to you, I got complete chills. Sigh's getting body.
1: married next month, actually. <laughs> <That's funny>. Congratulations, <laughs> sigh.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I hope he, he yeah. listens. I'll send it to him. Maybe.
0: Okay, so you started following Jesus um, at that point. Hmm. Can you share some ways that your life has changed Either inward or outwardly, but yeah. most—I'd love to know more inwardly. Inward, oh my! Um, gosh.
1: The <laughs> mechanics of my yeah, heart, yeah, inwardly.
0: Um, um, as these past several years, so, following God, the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, transforming yeah. you.
1: Yeah, um, that's something that I, I I think back on a lot, and I, I try to examine myself and like really see, you know. How has God been working me? What are some things in my life that have changed in like, you know, either dramatically or I've seen um, growth in? I knew that, you know, with my upbringing, um, my life and sort of what I wanted to do was to get a degree in engineering, get a good job, make lots of money, and just, live, you know, um, as a wealthy person, like, do whatever it takes to um, become very rich, Um, whether or not you enjoyed uh, what you were doing, what I was doing. Uh, Anyway, so that had always been, been sort of this goal for me. And, like, following Jesus has changed that. Now I feel like my desires for my life is no longer... Um, wealth or, um, you know, approval, um, all these different things that um, seem so important. You know, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I want that what I do be what glorifies Jesus the most, and that's something that I've noticed that has changed that keeps getting uh, getting changed in a way that is like, sometimes I'm like, huh, I, I really want to do this so that I can have more money in the future. And I'm like, wait, why? You know? Um, so I think the way I think about um, what a meaningful life would look like um has changed a mm-hmm. lot. Um, yeah, that's yeah,
0: good. I up. like that. Yeah. Um, so it's less about building Benga's kingdom and and yeah. more letting God shape your heart and desires towards building His kingdom. Yeah, sounds like. Yeah, I think um, I could put it in biblical terms. No, yeah, yeah,
1: I think that's helpful. I think it's sometimes hard to to capture that idea. Yeah. It's also even hard to even like deal with that because um, there's pressure from my family. My family spend a lot of money for me to mm-hmm. come to school here. And their expectation is that mm-hmm. once I'm done, you know, I have a good job making lots of money and all these different things. And so it's hard to wrestle with that and think, hey, like, I want to honor my family, you mm-hmm. know, the sacrifice for me to be here, but I also want to honor Christ more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like for my family to be like, dude, yeah, we spent that money, um, but we're glad that you want to follow Christ and serve Him. You know, there's always that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like... Yeah, um, and
0: you can follow Christ and still, it might be that you still have the same job or, and, oh, and yeah, you make absolutely. the same salary that... That your yeah. parents wanted you to make, no, yeah, but, but by but with your heart and your attitude differently.
1: Yeah, so I know. agree. Um, uh, yeah, the posture of the heart is important. Um, but there was a point in time, actually, I think my junior year, where I, I felt this like really strong sort of inward call to be a missionary, <laughs> and um, I told my family, and they weren't really happy about it, so I was like. Broke it over that and, like, you know, just feeling, you know, I mean, I I think that was, that was, um, you know, I I don't feel that call necessarily anymore as much as I did back then. I think it's something that I need to wrestle with. But um, just the fact that if I ever wanted to do anything like that, my family would be opposed to it is what... um. Is what I, I you know. Right, that's very weighty. weighty yeah, yeah, it's weighty. It's just very weighty. Thinking and about that because it's like if at any point God calls me to something other than where my life is leading right now organically, because I'm in grad school <laughs> for engineering. So mm-hmm. you know, like if I if nothing happens, then I end up end up with that salary, whatever. Um, but if if God calls me to deviate from this, then you know, I'd have to deal with that mm-hmm. family, I, which I think everyone has to deal with at some point, to some degree, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's Unless not you're a I mean. PK. <laughs> you
0: know, <pastor's> kid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A yeah. Pastor's kid, is that what you said? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And even then. I they mean, get it, you yeah, know? There's always a... Uh, breaking away of your parents' expectations for you and learning yeah. what it's like to be under the authority of God and not under the authority of your parents.
1: Yeah, um, at some point, that's actually a g- good point. You know, thinking about the authority over your life because um, that's still something that I think I I struggle with. That's hard mm-hmm. is to live as though. God was the reigning, you know. God is um, the reigning authority over me. Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes it's easy to operate sort of out of this. Just ah, I'm just going along with life. It, you know, it's a different picture when you have someone that is like, "What do I do next?" Mm-hmm. You know, "Are you sure I want?" You know, it's like if you ask someone to to build a house for you, you don't they don't just go away and start building and never, you know, <laughs> come and ask you what next what to do next and so in a way i when we uh when god is like that authority over us we ought not always to come and say hey like what well, i don't know what i'm doing mm-hmm. like this is your house i'm building this yes. is in a way i'm living my life for you so it's you know, Jeff Carson always says um, we should live like Jesus is living living his life through us. And, and just that idea of like our life being for God.
0: That's a great illustration.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so the last question I want to ask you is why are you glad you followed Jesus?
1: Hmm. I think... Um, I may answer it in a, in a weird way, uh, but I think one thing that makes me glad is to think that, like, God looked on me and said, you know, I'm going to set my affections on you and I'm going to call you, you know, to follow me. And so just the fact that, you know, God called me to follow him, Makes me glad to follow Jesus, you know, because it's like it's like when you get picked on mm-hmm. uh, football or whatever.
0: Approval is is something you value significantly.
1: Yeah, in a way. And yeah. So
0: having the stamp of approval of from God, God yeah, makes it makes your heart glad.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. That's great. Um, well, Benga, thank you so much for sharing your story. I, yeah. I, I love hearing how. Um, how God has worked in your life and also the prayers of your mom. Yeah. Um, you know, she mm-hmm. hasn't stopped praying for you. Um, yeah. So I think that's really neat. Um, So, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jesus loves me, this I know. Deep down, just like Benga, we long for approval. It is such good news that God loves us so much that He sent His Son to take on our sin at the cross and give us His righteousness. We can be approved by God not because we are awesome, but because He provided a way. Let us trust in that provision and love in Jesus to give us life and joy. If you like this podcast, the easiest way to follow and not miss an episode is to subscribe. Listen to an encouraging story each week. Thanks for listening. Be encouraged and tell your story too.